Hello, and welcome to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast, part of the SB Nation family. I'm your host, Brendan Ertel, and you can find my Saints articles on Canal Street Chronicles as well. You can follow me on Twitter at Brendan underscore Ertel. Who dat, Saints fans? Welcome back to the Canal Street Chronicles podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Ertel. And we're coming off a big Saints win, 31-24 over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Saints improved to 4-1 on the season, uh, take a game lead in the division, and currently sit second overall in the NFC, only behind the 4-0 San Francisco 49ers. Around the division, Houston beats Atlanta 53-32. Deshaun Watson tossed five touchdowns, 426 yards, and... The Atlanta Falcons fall to 1-4, and four, and they could easily be 0-5 if Nelson Aguilar ca- caught that streak route against them when they played Philadelphia. Uh, Carolina defeated Jacksonville 34-27. Jack- Christian McCaffrey, 19 carries, 176 yards with two touchdowns. He had a monster game. How the division's looking right now, the Saints are number one, sitting at 4-1. and one. Carolina's currently number two at 3-2. and two. Tampa Bay is 2-3. and three. In the third seed, and Atlanta is fourth at one and four. We love to see that. Uh, next week, the Saints face the Jacksonville Jaguars. Carolina plays the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay plays the Panthers, and Atlanta will play the Arizona Cardinals. Switching over to the big win against the Bucks. Offense had a day. Defense had a day. All around, Saints played pretty well. Our quarterback Teddy Bridgewater had a career day. He threw for 26 for 34, 314 yards, four touchdowns, one interception that was not his fault, uh, went off of Alvin Kamara's hands, easily should have been caught. I was a little bit behind him, but still should have been caught. And he was nominated for the Air Player of the Week, along with Deshaun Watson, who threw five touchdowns, and Russell Wilson, who beat the Los Angeles Rams. Teddy Bridgewater is so effective because he found can't guard Mike early and often. Michael Thomas had 11 catches for 182 yards and two touchdowns against the Bucks. He roasted the secondary. Carlton Davis got knocked out pretty early with the targeting. And the corner who came in, he just cooked him. With 182 yards, that's the second most he's ever had against the Bucks. But, of course, another one of our superstars, Alvin Kamara, had 16 carries for 62 yards, six receptions for 42 yards, and he was one-for-one one passing and had 13 yards in that pass to Josh Hill. First, th- first pass he's thrown since his Tennessee days. For three quarters of the game, the Bucks kind of slowed Alvin Kamara down. They tackled him well, they covered him well in the flats, but of course Kamara's gonna get over the 100 yards every single game because that's who he is. And eventually he broke a couple of runs free and had a couple of bigger pass plays. But Sean Payton knew going into the game what his game plan was, and it was clear and obvious they wanted to force feed Jared Cook the football. He needed to have a good game. He had a couple of rough games, some early drops. Teddy Bridgewater went to Jared Cook early and often. He had four catches for 41 yards and a touchdown. He was targeted seven times, uh, one drop, one overthrow in the end zone. Ted Ginn Jr. also fell in the end zone. He had two catches for 35 yards in that touchdown. Taysom Hill was one for one passing for 18 yards to Michael Thomas, and he had two carries for 14 yards. Breaking down the game, what I got from the game is that the Saints are the team to beat. They're Drew Breesless, Teddy Bridgewater's at the helm, but they still dominated the majority half of this game. The score was a lot closer than the game actually was. The game should have been 31-17. Uh, the Bucks drove down the field late, 
in trash time, scored a touchdown, racked up some points. But the total yards were 457 for the Saints to 252 to the Bucks. So that's total domination for the Saints, especially what they want to be doing on defense. Coming into the game, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense was ranked first in rush defense. So it was a big key for the game for the Saints to rush the ball well and effectively and have Bridgewater do well in the passing game, which he did. But the Saints ended up having 112 yards rushing to Tampa Bay's 94. So that's a win. Part of the reason they could run the ball so well is because Bridgewater had such a good game. He was confident in the pocket. He looked like he was comfortable in there, throwing big passes on the field. He found big throws to Michael Thomas and Jared Cook numerous times. Before today's game, he was 0-for-0 zero zero on passes over 20 yards with the Saints. So he didn't throw a single pass over 20 yards. In Sunday's game, he was 3-for-3, three 103 three yards and a touchdown for passes over 20 yards. One of the main reasons was because of the offensive line play. Coming to the game, I said the key to the game was holding penalties had to be down. They only had one, and it came from Jared Cook. There was no offense line holding penalties, so that's a huge step forward for them. And another one of those keys, we were wondering if Ryan Ramchek could do it again against Shaq Barrett, the leading sacker in the league with nine sacks. And you know what? He locked him down. Shaq Barrett wasn't in Teddy's face all game long. He wasn't there once. Right now, today, Ryan Ramchek is the best right tackle in the league. The past four weeks, he's had Shaq Barrett, Jadavion Clowney, J.J. Watt, and not a single one of them have had a sack, barely even have stats against him. Going on in special teams, Will Lutz was one for one on his field goals. Deontay Harris had one fumble that he lost, but it was given back to the Saints because there was no clear recovery, and he also had a muff punt that he fell onto. Rough past couple weeks for Deontay. He fumbled in Seattle, fumbled in the Dome against Tampa, but he's still getting those good returns off, so as long as he keeps doing that, he'll be fine. And Thomas Morissette, of course, had a good game punting the football, and Justin Hardy was, of course, in the face of every punt return, man. But the main part of this game was the Dome Patrol, and they locked down. Demario Davis led the team in tackles. He had seven tackles with two pass defense, but those two pass defense should be picks. He dropped one earlier in a game on a corner route, and then he dropped one on the goal line that maybe he could have caught, but it, was, would have, it would have been tough. It was a laser to Mike Evans on a slant. And just kind of bat it down, juggle it a little bit. But he, it could have, he could have had two picks. And a player who keeps standing out to me is P.J. Williams. He had seven tackles this week and had a huge third down PBU against Mike Evans. He just keeps making plays, man. Every week he's making a big play. Last week he f- trucked Zeke. He flipped over him. He just keeps standing out, keeps making big plays. Um, Vaughn Bell had four tackles and a, p- a pass defense. And Rankins, Malcolm Brown... Cameron Jordan, Carl Gunnarsson all had a sack, and Marcus Davenport had two sacks. This may be one of the better D-lines the Saints have ever had. They're deep and they're talented. They were rotating Davenport, Jordan, Rankins, Brown, Onyemata. Not T-Rex for this game, but they eventually will be able to. Carl Gunnarsson, Shy Tuttle was going in there. That's, an, that's a solid eight-man rotation on the defense line. They're all producing. They're all getting sacks. Only player on there who doesn't have a sack is Shy Tuttle. The D-line against Tampa had six sacks. Every single one of them came from the D-lineman. So Dennis Allen knows that he can sit the linebackers back, and he knows he'll get pressure. He doesn't have to send an extra linebacker to help get pressure. He, he can trust his D-line to go in there and get some pressure against Winston week in and week out. And maybe the biggest piece of that success is our former first-round pick, Marcus Davenport, that we traded two first-round picks for. And we were all questioning it. Everyone was overreacting. I know some big fans on Twitter that hated it, called him a bust, and now look at him. He is an absolute monster. 
He's tied for the team lead in sacks with three, uh, tied with Cameron Jordan and Trey Hendrickson. Last season, Marcus was flashing some potential scary pass rush moves, and he was kind of dealing with that turf toe issue, and he missed some games, wasn't able to really get off like he could. And this year, we are just seeing the floor of what he can become. We're seeing flashes of just straight dominance. We saw against the Bucks how he just bull rushed. He, he can bull rush. He can swim move you. He can beat you with finesse. But he's a guy who keeps getting better each and every single game. And if he can keep getting better and better, he can be one of the top DNs in the whole entire league. He has God-given athletic ability. As a whole defense, though, they were dominant all game long. Jameis Winston could have easily had five interceptions. Uh, two to Demario Davis that he dropped. Uh, Marcus Williams had one that got called back because they, it was a delay game penalty on the books. Eli Apple had one called back for a defensive holding on A.J. Klein that was totally unneeded, and he did hold him, but it was totally out of the play and unneeded for him to do. And on third and long, Winston chucked up a Hail Mary and just nailed Marcus Williams right in the head. That's definitely one he should have caught, but I guess it counts for a pass defense. So Another player who's been improving each and every single game is Chancey Garner-Johnson. His, we've seen his snaps go up and up just from special teams, and now he's getting lots of playing time on defense. He had 30 snaps last game and that's 51 percent of the game so that's a big jump for him and his role is increasing you see him on defense making plays getting past the defense and he of course is still making plays on special teams as well that's another reason why they cut chris banjo is because not just the cap reason but they know they had lots of value in chancey garner johnson and a young player who's going to just going to get better and better every game the saints defense has to play the most interesting quarterback in the league right now gardner Minshew, in jacksville next week so that will be another test for them DJ Chark is recently on a tear from LSU. He's fourth in the league in receiving yards right now, so he's going off. We'll see if Marshawn Latimer shadows him or they just stay on an island. I'll have a full-on game breakdown this Saturday. I'll post up a podcast about the full breakdown, what they need to do to win the game, and travel to Jacksonville to come home with a W. I appreciate all the listeners who's been tuning in. Again, you can follow me on Twitter at Brendan underscore Ertle. Hit me up anytime if you want to be featured on the show. Just give me a Give me a holler on Twitter, but make sure to keep an eye out for a podcast coming in this Saturday. I'll post all updates on my Twitter. Again, that's at Brennan underscore Ertle. Make sure to go get me a follow, and I appreciate everyone tuning in, and I'll see you guys Saturday. Who dat?